Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hey smashers, this week I'm talking to the brilliant Porna Bell, um, the brains and the brawn behind the incredible See My Strong Instagram phenomenon. And also she's the author of a forthcoming book called Stronger, and she's a fellow lady who lifts. Uh, I have no uh, live work to plug at the moment, obviously, but I'm doing the odd online gig here and there for brilliant clubs who've temporarily gone online, like Excess Malarkey and Always Be Comedy. So you can look out for them if you like. And uh, more importantly, every Monday night at nine o'clock, I'm doing an Instagram live, uh, a liquid hoovering with a former hoovering guest. Follow the podcast on Instagram at the hoovering pod. And even better, tune in at nine o'clock every Monday night. Um, if you can't, then the chat stays up in the stories until I think eight o'clock on the Tuesday the next day and um, thanks for listening to the podcast um it thanks even more if you like it and you tell other people about it please may you tell other people about it and rate review and subscribe um if you've got any spare money at the moment uh, during these weird tricky old times I reckon give it to a food bank mate um the Trussell Trust do great work and um it's a brilliant place to know you're donating your money to um some people who'll be keeping people fed um reliably um if you've got even more money um then you can support the podcast i'm on patreon go to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you'll see uh, podcast related perks that i will swap for your hard-earned pennies from tiny through to big okay porna and me were both in our own homes of course um we were eating chocolate biscuits with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Uh, I mispronounce her amazing See My Strong Instagram page, which I've followed 
for ages, um, but I've only ever seen it written down rather than said. So I thought it was called See Me Strong. Oh, God. It's embarrassing, but I've left it in, so you can have a laugh at that. What a twonk I am. Uh, we have a lovely laugh whilst putting the world to rights, like the big, strong women we are. Uh, we are joining each other remotely, uh, as is the way these days, for a cup of tea, or actually I've got a cup of coffee and a biscuit. Hmm. What have you got there, Porna? I have already had my coffee for the day, and if I have too much of it, it makes me go bonkers. So I've got a tea and a chocolate chip biscuit. Oh, lovely. Um, what sort of bonkers do you find with coffee? I find that when I have too much coffee, I, um, I feel sick and sweaty, and um, sometimes... Uh, once I had too much coffee before being in a play and it got to the shouty bit of the play and I thought it was going to pass out. Um, So for me, it's um, my skin feels slightly itchy and my brain feels like it's about to pass through the doorway to a different dimension. (laughs) (laughs) Not something you want to feel during a pandemic. No. No, and can I ask for some more specifics about your chocolate chip cookie? Sure. So I realise that everyone and their monkey is baking at the moment, but I am Mm. absolutely terrible at baking. And I think (laughs) after a disastrous encounter with a beef pie, I just decided (laughs) that there will be no more baking of that kind during this lockdown. So I bought them from M&S and they're double Belgian chocolate chunk cookies and they're my favourite. Mm. Oh, double (laughs) chocolate chunk Belgian cookies. I've got um, Lidl's answer to Chocolibnitz biscuits. Oh, dear. Do you know the ones I mean? The the ones that are like a sort of little um, nice nice biscuit, nice, like a little dusty, milky biscuit with like a lovely oblong of milk chocolate on top. But they've called theirs Sondi milk chocolate butter biscuits. I reckon it's going to be fine. <laughs> exactly like the real thing. Exactly. Um, they um, they uh, they did a funny thing because they obviously rebrand everything in Audi and Lidl. I can't remember which one of them that did it, but um, um, club bars they renamed as seal bars, <laughs> which is sort of a horrible association with clubbing seals. <laughs> And I think they missed the mark. I think they should have saved the seal rebranding for the fake penguins. And it was all just a horrible mess that made you think of animal torture. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm looking at my um, cookie packet, which looks really benign, quite frankly, mm. in comparison. Um, mm. uh, no seals were harmed in the making of them, I don't think. No, great. Mm. Oh, God. Yeah, m- mine's really nice. Mm. Not to brag. That's a great. I think they might. I think you might get more chocolate to biscuit ratio than you do when you've got a real chocolibnitz. Oh, okay. Well played, little. Well played. <laughs> We're in lockdown as we speak, um, and um, it's interesting, actually, isn't it? I was thinking for a podcast about eating. It's a fascinating time to talk to people about eating. Absolutely. But um, as soon as we are free again and back out into the world, whatever it then looks like. No one is going to want to listen to an episode where two people were still trapped. Everyone's going to want fresh, very much fresh, real life, up to date stuff, aren't they? Not going to, they're not going to go. Oh, do you know what I want to do straight away? Is listen to two people chat while back back in the quarantine. I've just been able to leave. So, um, um, I, you can rest assured this episode will go out quite quickly. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we're in lockdown, so I would love to know, please, uh, just what your general experience has been so far. I know that you've not joined the um, the hordes of bakers, but um, of eating during lockdown, actually. Mm. If, has anything changed? Have you, have you found yourself eating something, stuff that you wouldn't normally, or, I don't know, perceptions of waste, all of that stuff, really? Any, um, any general thoughts? So, generally, I mean, I live on my own, and I have done um, for quite uh, a number of years. And I think that even before that, so my mum is that type of person who, you know, always kind of cooked things from scratch and and was um, quite particular about that. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I have an older sister, and I think where we sort of slightly differ is it doesn't matter what situation or what relationship or whether I've been on my own, is that I've always... Um, you know, made a thing of the food that I cook for myself or the meals that nice. I make for myself. So um, th- for me in lockdown, that hasn't really changed quite so much in so much as I'm just obviously doing a lot more cooking for myself and sure. mm, I'm making more of a occasion of it. So rather than just sort of buying stuff that um, I'm just eating to just get by, it's um, it's an excuse to actually plan my meals with a bit more I don't know, pomp and circumstance, really. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. So have you made anything really fancy then in that case? Well, (laughs) I wanted to make some venison with some red wine jus. And I just just thought, I mean, obviously at the beginning when all you could kind of get on the shelves was probably, you know, a a knockoff Choco Leibniz on the, and I don't even think you could probably (laughs) get those in the early days of stockpiling. You know, that just wasn't a possibility. And I think when I went to Marks and Spencer's driven by this need to get these very specific biscuits that I'm eating right now, (laughs) <laughs> um, I saw that there was venison on the in the fridge uh, again, and I just thought, oh, shall I? Shall I make this? Um, you know, it's a fairly elaborate meal. It takes quite a number of hours to prep for it, and so on. And I just, yeah. there was something about it that just felt slightly obscene, and I just thought, no, I'm uh, may, maybe uh, just uh, not uh, right now. That's not one for Instagram. It's a really yeah, <laughs> it's really weird actually because I think there's still an element of that, like you're down to. You're, you're sort of more aware than ever that mm. food banks are in need more than ever before. But equally, you go to the supermarket and there's stuff that's left, certainly in terms of, um, like, meat especially, is either, like, the most high-end, ethically sourced, really expensive, but, like, and really good, I'm sure, or, like, last-minute imported, kind of not probably meeting any nice ethical standards like so you've got one or the other so obviously if you've got the means you're going to get the really swanky stuff but it it does jar doesn't it morally yeah 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 oh god it is so interesting Mm. but the Um, the baking thing i felt that to be fair it was it was driven by an urge for weirdly just wanting to eat pastry you know just pastry mm. of some some form but i think when i was halfway making the pie i just thought you know what i i actually hate this entire process like i can make really long elaborate curries and stews and all of that kind of thing but there's just something about baking itself that just really doesn't do anything for me and i get very irritated with it halfway through 
Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Stressful. Yeah. It's a lot more scientific, isn't it, than general cooking. It's like, and also it's, at the moment, I feel like um, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for everyone that's doing lots of more baking than they would be usually. If it brings you joy, fucking do it. <laughs> but um, it is more liable to go wrong. And there's been never been a time like it in my life, because I'm very bloody lucky, where um, there's so much jeopardy mm. on a meal going right. Um <laughs> I made a cheese and leek tart earlier uh, and I made the pastry, just a short crust, and um, th- which is all fine and I'm not bragging, uh, but I didn't make enough pastry. Oh. I saw a recipe that looked huge, so I just halved it. And in the end, I was just having to just sort of push very thin wisps of pastry so that there was something near the edge. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot riding on it. I made... Um, what were the beginnings of some fish tacos the other day, which involved mm. baking the fish. So I had to, um, you know, roast some panko breadcrumbs and then, oh. yeah, the mix that all up with egg and, you know, other spices and then coat the fish with it. And everything went fine, Jess. Like, you know, it had cooked <laughs> perfectly. Yeah. And then I took out the oven. But unfortunately, because of a misalignment with a baking glove, it fell out of my hands. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! And I actually started crying. Yeah, well, I would. Yeah. I absolutely would. The effort that you've put into that as yep. well. Mm. Uh, I mean, the other day, um, I I literally dropped some milk. I dropped about a pint and a half of milk um, that I was delivering to someone, Ooh. and I dropped it about four inches from their front door, and it mm. spaffed all over the floor, and I bawled. Oh. Like, they, they, so they got no milk and a woman crying. That's what they got from me. Um, <laughs> did you do a... I'm sorry, all I can just think of, there's no crying over spilt milk, but this really isn't going to help you at this point in no, time. I, mean, I, I put it on Instagram. I put that joke on Instagram immediately. <laughs> of course I did. Of course I did. I'm not above that. I'm not above a crying over spilt milk pun. <laughs> Any day of the week. Always working. <laughs> right. I don't think you can talk about eating without talking about bodies and especially up for doing that with you because you're a lady who lifts like me. Yes. Um, and you're a writer and I don't know if we can, t- can we talk about your book? Yes. Your writing. Yeah. Is it called Strong? Is that right? It's called Stronger and um, Stronger. It's, it's basically driven from, uh, yes, absolutely, this journey around lifting and, and powerlifting specifically, which is what I do. Um, but I was really keen to write a book that was around the celebration and the pursuit of physical strength for women. And that could be outside of lifting. So that could be, you know, yoga or swimming or climbing or whatever it is that makes your body feel strong. And yeah. that was um, that was a conversation that just, it doesn't mean that it's excluded from it, but where it was more about how it emotionally and mentally makes you feel versus the prism of weight loss, which is how I felt that physical activity was always pushed at me through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't how you felt that it was always pushed at you through. It's how it was always pushed at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's pretty um, gender. It's pretty, it's a pretty across all genders as children, but it's even how it's pushed at children, I think, that exercises to keep you slim. Mm. Especially now, uh, you know, it, that's sort of government-sanctioned noise. F- and for everyone at the moment, especially during lockdown, it's a really interesting time. 
um, in terms mm. of how we're how exercise is being sold. Oh God, I'd love to get your opinions on that. But yeah. also, I don't want to not mention. So, did the idea for the book Stronger come from your amazing? Um, it's at See Me Strong, isn't it? Um, it's so called idea. At See My Strong. See My Strong, See My Strong. Yes. I've just been pronouncing it wrong. Well, <laughs> I've just not been. I've been. It's a problem with stuff that you read and mm. don't hear is that I. Of course it's See My Strong. <laughs> I'm afraid I've been going around calling it See Me Strong to myself. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm an embarrassment. Um, yeah, see, see my strong, which was I think the Instagram um, account that I started. Oh, now we're talking about you know about maybe six months ago, seven months ago, I think. I've which, had so many listeners mm. to this podcast tell me about that. You're amazing. See my strong. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. really good to know because when I'm sort of grafting away like a little goblin in my flat, I have no <laughs> idea that that it you know people like it. But yeah, it's um it that also is one of those things where um that came out of an idea of just being really really fed up around um this idea that fitness was a particular body size or a body type or a color yeah. or an ability and so on and i just wanted to give a place for women that wanted to tell their stories of their own version of whatever that was for them without yeah. it needing to be kind of cuz cuz you know what you were mentioning before about you know, that messaging around exercise and so on, their tone is so important and yes. and how we sort of frame it. Um, and I just didn't want it to be framed in a way that um, people felt that they needed to do it because they felt guilty or because they needed to earn eating food or, yeah. you know, that they had to sort of caveat their ability with. And that that's actually what that came from. Well, and I even would go further and think, I mean, it's so absolutely brilliant. It feels like we're, we're um, sort of my kind of feminism, actual body positivity and what could be a good, and I mean good version of Fitspiration. It's the Venn diagram of those things, that, mm. that Instagram. And, and, and I'd go further than even what you just said. Like, It feels like on Instagram, not only do you have to meet all of those requirements to be someone who does an exercise that makes them feel strong but you, a lot of the time I think people feel like you already have to look like you've already been you like you're already a bodybuilder to yeah. be able to you know it's so weird isn't it mm -hmm. and the difference as well I think perception wise between um lifting weight for strength and um and bodybuilding I mean I think uh there's a lot of misunderstanding around that. My, I talk about it in the show that I was halfway through touring quite a lot. But my, I think my mum had this really awful fear that I would suddenly look like Arnold Schwarzenegger if I started doing anything as manly as deadlifting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've actually, during lockdown, sort of out of a mixture of laziness and curiosity and indifference, grown my armpit hair out. And um, she's learnt through being through being so heavily mocked in my last show to be a lot more careful about her, <laughs> her her tangy opinions on femininity. But she just sort of went, so she she was really good. She said over Zoom, you know, she just said, oh, 
go on then, let's have a look. Oh, let's have a look. And so I showed her and my sister my armpit and my, you know, my sister was like, oh, cool. And my mum was like, oh, well, I suppose it's a bit, bit of fun for now, I suppose. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, when I told my mum that I, um, so this was about a week before lockdown and, um, uh, but, you know, I think the gyms hadn't shut yet, but I just got very yeah. panicked that they were going to. So I, I did the most logical thing and panic bought a barbell and some plates. Great. And um, when it then escalated into buying a rack um, that went along. <laughs> 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 so I knew that maybe I'd gone slightly too far with the rack, but I just thought, you know what? I might need it. I mean, who doesn't yeah. need to do squats in a in a global crisis? So yeah. <laughs> I told my mum this, and my mum's always had, you know, she's never she's never actually vocally said anything, um, but there's a look, you know, in terms of um, what she might be thinking, and I think she's just petrified that I might injure myself and so on. And I think it's it's just quite difficult for her to understand why I might want to do it and I thought oh god I'm gonna have to tell her about the rack and I did tell her about the rack and I expected her because she's she kind of wants me to have this life where I go back to normal and I invite people over for dinner and you know and I just I don't know don't have a squat racket behind my sofa (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) so I told her about this and I just thought she I, I just thought, oh, God, I don't know what her reaction is going to be. I bet it's not going to be great. And actually, yeah. she really surprised me. And she said, are you going to get rid of the sofa to make room? And I just said, no, that's a really great idea, mum. But, <laughs> but I just <laughs> said, don't, don't worry, the sofa's still staying. And I, I think that actually I just, even though I'm heavily interpreting what she said, um, it has made me interpret that as support for my lifting. Yes. Well, that's perfect then. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, anything that we can spin into feeling like supportive at this time, especially, we should be bloody doing it. Mm. Also, I'm going to use your expertise to um, clear up. I've never really learned. It's what I do. Powerlifting. What's the difference between powerlifting and just lifting for strength? Okay. So um, the two, the two things that tend to get confused are, for example, Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting. And Olympic weightlifting will be things like, um, for example, you know, doing um, clean and jerks or lifting um, snatch yeah. and all that kind of stuff where you're lifting it above your head and you're doing dynamic movements within that right. lift, which is not something I do because I took up lifting at the age of 37. Um, right. And quite honestly, I just don't have the flexibility for it um, <laughs> personally. Um Powerlifting is um, your squat, bench, press, and deadlift, and okay. um, and what you're doing. I do that. That's hmm. what I do. Yeah, um, but then do um, shoulder press as well. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, it's those four things. Yeah. Okay, yeah, then so, I do that. Yeah, and so so with powerlifting, for example, um, we my team and I we do it competitively. So we will do um, a qualifying competition at some point in the year, which will then qualify us to compete either at a national level or a European level within our fed. So you've got different federations. So we compete yeah. within our federation. So yes. when you go to compete, you will do those three lifts. So you do squat, bench, and deadlift. Um, and your yeah. goal is obviously to lift the heaviest that you can do in each of those lifts and you've got three attempts to do that right and you just go for um pb just you know uh what's it called max max yeah. with one rep 
Yeah. So what you would do is, let's say with squat, you would yeah. have your first, second and third attempt. And what you ideally want to do is um, have those jumps quite small between each one, because yeah. um, once you failed a lift, you can't go, you can't go down. So you have to either yeah. do it at that weight. And then your third attempt usually is what you want to max out at. Yeah. Right. Oh God! I've never done a competition, but I, I definitely want to do something. Yeah, you would love it, Jess. To dabble, I think I would really love it because I, um, I mean, don't tell my career, but I'm not that competitive. But Mm. I think I so, but I think that would work in my favour. I think I'd have a lot of fun, and I think the reason I love lifting is because I found something I can do for fun Mm. rather than, like you were saying, have all these kind of loaded other expectations on it. And I love feeling strong, but also the other thing is, as a comedian, I know that failure is fine because you then get jokes out of it. Yes, and also. The thing with this kind of competitiveness is, uh, this is such a cheesy thing to say, but really you're competing with yourself because when you go to a competition, you you won't know who is in your category on that day. You have no yeah. idea what numbers that they can lift. So really you're going in there to perform better yourself than you probably did at your first comp. And, um, and I would say that powerlifting and being able to compete in that way is probably the start for me of just really breaking that, you know, that hold, that relationship that a lot of us have around fitness in terms of what you can eat, what you can't eat and so on. And I think when I saw that food actually fuels you and it makes you stronger and then, and this is why I think you'd love the competitions because you you go to a competition, everyone is a completely different like height, shape and size. And then when you see what they can actually do, like if you saw that person walking down the street, you'd have no idea of their capability. But then you see them there and you think, oh yeah, actually my body size has got fuck all to do with what I thought a strong body needs to look like. Like it's got fuck all to do with abs. You know? Oh, it's got nothing to do with abs. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? I think I've got the sort of body. I did a TV job um, in the autumn, and um, was it the autumn? Yeah, I think so. And the host, who's a very famous man, said to me, uh, they'd been asking me if I had any like party tricks um, to do with the host. And I guess people play musical instruments or whatever. And I said, I, I could, de- I'd love to um, do a deadlifting competition with him. <laughs> And um, and the producers sort of got back in an email via my agent to say, yeah, not so much. Um, and then on the day, I said to him, um, oh, it's a shame you didn't want to do some weightlifting with me. And he went, yeah, I mean, they told me that you lift weights. And I thought, she doesn't look like she does. <gasps> and I thought, oh, wow, who looks like they do then? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it is exactly that thing. How dare you judge a book by its cover? I'm pretty sure that to look at I. I look like I can squat a lot more than I can, actually, but I don't look like I can do as many press-ups as I can. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I, I, um, I, I think there's something very interesting in the messaging around exercise during the lockdown as well. Like, I, I think if you've uh, made your peace with exercise, which for me has meant just doing it, found something, found a way of moving my body that I can do because I love it yeah. and because it makes me feel good. There is no other reason. There's no association to eating. And, and saying that, you know, I think because of where I'm at with eating, I'm in a sense limited by my own freedom that I've given myself in the sense that I don't ever, I won't ever probably be able to um, 
sort of train in a fitness way in terms of eating. I probably mm. won't ever be able to because it, it will involve such um, counting and weighing and restriction and or just, just I don't mean restriction in terms of necessarily um, calories. I mean, you know, if you go up the protein, not like, you know, lower carbs, the stuff that people do before pro competitions or, or the stuff that athletes do day in, day out and a lot of actors. Yeah. I, um, I, I probably can't ever do that without a descent <clears throat> into disordered eating. It's and um but having made my peace with that and 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 found happiness through having a, a freedom to eat whatever I want, whenever I want, and an awareness of how what I eat makes me feel, and then uh, sort of on a spectrum of how much I care about it from 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 low to sometimes higher than I'd like. Um I I think it's particularly interesting. I'd like to, I'd love to hear your opinion about a messaging around exercise at the moment because I feel like even um the kind of kinder more compassionate woker end of fitness people certainly on social media are kind of uh I don't know there's something insidious there's something a language like you must do this this and this you must keep this up Mm. You, it's not enough to sweat every day. I, I, there's a personal trainer who I love, she, and I don't follow many. You know, I just follow the really good eggs. But she wrote, "It's not enough to sweat every day. You must stay on course." And I thought, "Fuck off!" Being spoken to like that doesn't make me want to move my body. Yeah. And also, there are going. It's a pandemic where people are dying. There are going to be days where all you want to do is cry. You don't want to move your body. There might be a week where you don't want to move your body, and that's fine. I think. Yeah. I don't know. But maybe am I being too forgiving? I mean, as part of the the sort of the research for this book, because I really I really was aware that you know it couldn't just be written from my own experience, because obviously mm. I've I have a lot of privilege around certain things, and um, there are just areas that I'm not aware of. Like, so for example, I. I exercise for exactly the same reasons that you do in terms of yeah. it's fun. And if it, if it stops being fun, it means that I'm, I've sort of, I'm not doing it right. Or I have um, got the wrong end of the stick about it. Or maybe that particular activity just isn't really working for me. But yeah. having said that, um, one of the things that came out of this survey that I ran was um, around accountability. So for a lot of women in the survey, they said, you know, that, um, if they had a buddy or if they had accountability and so on, that maybe it would help them to be a bit more consistent. Yes. Whether I think that's kind of gotten misconstrued is that thing that you've just mentioned about people needing to be chivied along, you know, almost kind yeah. of around a little bit. And um, and there are some people, um, so, you know, who, who, for example, like being shouted at. Uh, I say some people because I have no idea how large this wedge of people are. You know, the type of people yeah. that will go to gym box and basically be shamed into working out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think maybe they're people who are quite full of self-hatred. Yeah. And, or, and, or mm. just perverts. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely a pervert element, I'm yeah. sure. But I think that the what I feel that where that comes from is I think that people who are driven by that haven't experienced what it's like to actually be driven by something positive and something that's about achievement and benefit. And yeah. so, so they think that shame is the only thing that's going to get them moving. And I don't agree with that at all. But um, in what I would say with the pandemic is that it's given me 
like a lot of people, a very short fuse about certain things. So if mm. I don't like the tone of um, how someone is um, promoting fitness, I just unfollow them or I mute them. So yeah. for me, like a classic one is when someone uses the hashtag no excuses because I don't oh, like oh, Right? God. Yeah. I unfollowed a good friend um, actually yeah. recently just for having a hashtag um, low carbs on yeah. two posts. Yeah, I mean, it's it's total nonsense. And I just think if people are going to post that kind of stuff and especially like just learn about it and learn about yeah. the fact that you're you're peddling like crap, like low carbs, which if you actually understand nutrition and calories and all of that kind of stuff properly, then you'll know yeah. that carbs have got nothing to do with it at all. Yeah. So, yeah, so th there have been a lot of people that I've had to, to mute or just unfollow because I just think it to me, actually, I look at it as is the pandemic just revealing what was actually buried deep down and now I'm finally seeing the truth? Yeah, maybe. Well, I think when you as well, when you become lucky enough to sort of move it within a kind of liberal bubble of people who are kind of open-minded about um, bodies and gender and mm. strengths and eating and a diet industry and nutrition actually like when you then uh, I, I don't know it every now and again you you get a thing like this and it, it gives you the the sort of the kick in the stomach really of remembering that the whole real world is still enormously sexist and fat phobic yeah and i mean the number of people um that i know friends and you know on social media who are making veiled um you know quite fat shaming comments about themselves about you know yeah. eating all the food in their house and all of that stuff and and i've with friends when they sort of said it, i have tried to gently explain why that's not a bad Thing if they want to eat and actually yeah. eating can be um, a huge source of comfort at the moment for some people and that's not something we should be shaming ourselves around but it's also very interestingly you know around workouts like I had to have a chat with a mate the other day about the difference between running and walking and I know that she runs because um, sure you know there, there's a part of her that enjoys running but because she thinks it's going to burn off yeah. um you know, fat, or it's going to burn off calories faster. And I said, well, the amount of cal let's say you take you burn 200 calories when you're walking, and you burn 200 calories when you're running, it, there's no difference between uh, burning those calories, except that when you're running, you're probably just going to do it in a quicker period of time than you're doing it yeah. walking. And I said, I would much rather walk, mate. I said, I'd much rather like walk past the ducks and like take it in a little bit rather than feeling yeah. that I need to punish myself with a run that quite frankly, I, I don't know that I'm going to enjoy as much. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. <sighs> I think the other thing, and it's the last thing I'm going to say on this and then I'll move it on to some <laughs> sort of the normal jolly inane questions that I ask everyone. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the other things that's extraordinary about, to bring it back to weightlifting, powerlifting, um, I think especially as a woman, I think one of the reasons why you, potentially there's such extraordinary joy in it is because actually our expectations of ourselves as women because of it, you know, how we're brought up and how institutionalised sexism is mm. are so low that actually there's this glorious element of surprise in that a lot of us are actually really good at it we're really strong yeah yeah isn't that lovely i mean 
I view it as a liberation. I view it absolutely as a liberation from um, everything that I thought I should feel and think about my body and more than a liberation, just um, something realizing that your body isn't, you know, um, something that generates shame, but actually rather it generates power for you. Like it, mm-hmm. it's not, and it's not just physical power. It's about knowing what your body is capable of doing in, in whatever shape or form. That is something that I absolutely take into every single other aspect of my life. And I can't say that when I was, you know, huffing away on the cross trainer in the gym um, all those many years ago that I ever felt like that about my body. No, ever. Me mm. neither. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> wonderful stuff oh and i'm very jealous of your barbell and um and i'm sorry jess <laughs> yeah i've got two dumbbells and some weights to put on them but i'm mm. being i'm being quite um just trying to be really chilled about it and be inventive with what i got <laughs> yeah yeah and okay, this man. is gonna this is gonna lift and you will yeah. be back to doing what you love yeah for sure Mmm, delicious. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Have you ever had a patch where you ate the same thing most days? Yes, I would say that actually... Uh, I kind of read this piece by Jay Rayner who talked about, you know, the number of meals you actually have in rotation and how it's actually not that, that many, you know, in terms of yeah. uh, how, how wide a variety of things you eat if you're cooking for yourself at home, as opposed to going out um, to restaurants, which obviously we are not doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I would say that on rotation, I probably have about four or five dishes a week max. Um <sighs> The time when I was eating a similar thing was, um, and I probably will do this again, is when, let's say, I am training and uh, I've got a competition coming up and I know that I need to make sure that I've got enough protein in my diet um, because you're lifting quite heavy and and I just need it to be able to repair and grow muscle, right? Mm -hmm. So. 
for me, I just know that there are certain dishes where um, where I'll be able to get that protein wise. Um, and so I think the dish which I just thought I don't want to ever fucking eat this ever again was, <laughs> was was this kind of stir fry that I invented, which was chicken breast and. Um, and I still, I, I haven't been able to make it for about four months because I think if I smell that concoction of, oh. you know, the, the, there's a particular like, uh, you know, chopped up vegetables that I would put in there. I, I just can't deal with that, but I then yeah. replace it with something else. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm desperate to know what the sort of four meals you'd have on rotation in normal life would be. Okay, so the four meals tend to be um, these turkey burgers that I um, put that I really, really actually love the recipe of. But turkey is just so high protein, mm. and the, do you make turkey burgers then? Yes, so I do. Oh, so wow. that yeah, because they they actually like turkey. Basically, it's it's only ever going to be as good as the the stuff that you season it with right and and right, it can yeah, be yeah, yeah. really dire if you don't choose right but there's this recipe that i've come <laughs> across it's just got like it's got lemon zest in it it's got some red pesto it's just mm. yeah it's just a really good solid quick but healthy recipe to put together and then i just always put the same concoction of like beans peas and maybe some greens and maybe some a uh, bit of fried mushrooms and maybe some you know um rice or couscous or whatever it is and i and I'll, lush thanks and and that kind of um that that base which is you know some vegetables some kind of rice or couscous or um bread or whatever it is and then like a bit of protein that is pretty much how i rotate my meals but okay. on yeah on the weekend though um what i will probably do is make you know one of my mum's recipes possibly oh nice okay mm. Yeah, and, and there's something that... And did you say hmm. when you were growing up, your mum made her recipes with extreme precision, did you say? Um, or, not, not, they, or they just had to be just so, is that what you said? They they basically were always from scratch. So right. um, I just remember when I was, um, you know, living with a guy and his flatmate was like, oh, yeah, so, you know, how do you make your curries? Do you use curry powder? And the look that I gave him, it just could have killed a dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, withering yeah it it, it, re, it was shri he shriveled um but yeah so <laughs> so my mom my mom would always you know use um there would never be kind of any pre-bought stuff so it would always be um spices and sauces and stuff that she would make herself and Amazing. um even though sorry mom was an absolute nightmare <laughs> when it came to teaching me this stuff um yeah. when I got a bit older and was not living under her roof I just sort of watched her a bit more and asked her to to explain the you know the things that could go wrong the things that she does with her recipes and yeah so there there's a good stable of um, my mum's recipes that I that I tend to do on a weekend because I find it a bit comforting and it does take a bit longer to put together Oh, wonderful. Lovely. Mm. Yeah. Um, I am missing uh, a really good curries at the moment, even though I love cooking a good curry because I'm isolating with my four-year-old and mm. um, I can kind of get away with it, but not. it wouldn't be... I'm not getting to have the frequency of spicy food that I would have in my dream situation, but I'm not going to moan about it. I'm not going to be selfish about it. Um, he has become... He has chosen now... Uh, wanted to become fussy for the first time 
Okay. And um, the other day, um, I had a, a big argument. We had a big argument um, because I wouldn't let him have pudding before his mains. Mm. And um, he tried to win that argument by, first of all, saying, if you don't, he, he, saying, he said, I hate mains. I hate mains. I've always hated mains. All the mains, <laughs> apart from pizza, burger and pasta. And what I was trying to persuade him to have right very second was some pasta so I was like well this is pasta and then he lost it and said if you don't let me have um sweet mains now then you're not allowed mains for a month no lunch no dinner and I really enjoyed him trying to get around getting pudding first by calling it sweet Sweet mains mains. (laughs) sweet 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 mains uh, and you said me um, in our in our conversations previous to recording that prior to recording that you like me aren't that fussed about sweet things. No, I, I it's it is a I'm sure you've had this, but everyone always regards that news with absolute horror. I know everyone I know has got they call it a second tummy for pudding or sweet mains. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not. Do you wonder whether neither of us are particularly inclined towards baking because we don't care about sweet mains? I mean, possibly, but it's just, I think the thing with baking is it's just boring as shit. So yeah. it's just, it's just <laughs> for, for, for some people, it's, it's really relaxing. And I, and I totally yeah. get that because there are other forms of cooking that I find really relaxing. But so I've got very bad track record with board games and, and very often in certain quarters of my social circle, I'm not allowed to play them anymore because I just get really bored halfway through and just want to tip you know flip the board and that's how i feel about <laughs> that's how i feel about baking it's right. just um but you you know what's really interesting about your son so i was thinking about this in preparation for you asking me questions yeah. and i was thinking you know i remember when i was about i must have been about 6 and um and i remember having to sit at the dining table and uh, you know with my mum and i had Basically, there was a standoff because I refused to eat curry. I didn't want anything spicy. Oh, no. Yeah, and I and I just said, you know, I just don't understand. I just want fish fingers, and um, I, I don't understand why I have to eat this. And I just remember the, the the sort of having to sit at the dining table and eat the food. But there was actually, I, I do remember the exact turning point when I realised that I really actually did like. Um, I wouldn't say spicy, but where I just started to like Indian food and was when my mum used to, so she would take the rice and she would, um, in her hand, she would kind of shape them into little balls and she'd put like a tiny piece of chicken or fish or whatever Mm. it was on the ball and then maybe like a little bit of green and then would hand me the ball. So actually, I know this sounds really silly, but it actually was a really fun way of eating it. So hang on, she basically made you like a an arancini, a curry arancini. Yes. yes. This yes. is le- revelatory. Yeah. Um, up till this point, I thought I'd done everything possible to try and make him like spicy food, including yeah. having a, like at least a chilly a day during pregnancy and, <laughs> during, and during breastfeeding. There was one day where I, I ate so, it's Mexican food, but I ate so much spicy food during breastfeeding that I was sweating as he was feeding and I was thinking, surely this is going to make him spicy mouthed but um and he come it yeah. depends on his mood there are times where he's eaten surprisingly spicy things yeah uh, you knows? needed the oh, curry arancini so i know i'm gonna make him a curry arancini from <laughs> now on it is all about that you know it's all about cunning with them mm. i um he's 
since this new fussiness, I found one cracking trick to anybody who's listening with a, um, a sort of newly or indeed historically vegetable shy kid. Just buy like a normal uh, margarita pizza and then sneak very finely chopped vegetables on a layer, then grate cheese on top of that. This is onto the cooked pizza. Then melt the cheese and it sort of um, glues the vegetables in. (laughs) And they can't shake them off, they can't pick them off. And they might not, if it, depending on how observant the child is, might not even notice them. That's the attitude, isn't it? That is genius. I, th- I think it goes against all current nutritional advice for feeding children, which is make it fun, be transparent, call it what it is, give them what you're having. You can also do that. You may also take nutritionist advice or you can listen to me, a comedian, giving you tips that were relevant in the 80s. <laughs> Just cover everything with cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, yeah, don't tell the vegans. Oh, God. (laughs) Say scrum diddly umptious. No! And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly umptious. Have you got any particular opinions or hopes um, about where eating might or should or will go in the future, perhaps in terms of the environment or technology? Um, I think that it's less environment and technology and it's more just, I think, hoping that businesses are okay after lockdown because I think going to eat in restaurants mm-hmm. and trying new foods and especially trying new concepts, um, as long as they're not too you know, pretentious and wanky, it's something that I really enjoy doing with my friends and it's something that I get a huge amount of pleasure about. So I hope that... that you know, there are places that are still going to be able to survive from this. From a sustainability point of view, though, I have to say, uh, to kind of, you know, put a silverish lining on things is that I can't speak for everyone else, but I know that the situation with stockpiling and, you know, that I don't think that barring a brief time when my family and I lived in India that I've ever really had to think about going to a supermarket and not being able to buy food. Um, And I think that that was a very sobering moment for, for lots of different reasons. But what it ended up making me do was actually use every last bit of everything in my fridge, which I'm really ashamed to say is not how I've been living pre-lockdown you know and and from a um from that point of view I think it has made me a lot more aware a lot more considered a lot more lucky actually to be able to buy food and eat it and have access to it than I had previously realized um and I, I feel like my parents who are immigrants um already knew this they already understood that lesson you know because of their own background and and you know coming to a new country and all of that stuff and I feel like this might be the lesson that I am learning around that so that is something I think I'm definitely going to be a lot more thoughtful about once this is over I couldn't agree more you know I feel like I've had a really similar experience in the sense that it's just sort of that in the panic in the supermarket the realizing the privilege you have mm. for having Never had to experience that before. And probably, in my case, having parents who never did, grandparents who did, um, because of wars, but not my parents never did. Mm. Um, you know, and go, wow, you know, it, it's great that we've had a world that for so long, well, that's not true. There are loads of people facing that hardship. But basically, what I'm saying is a big wave of gratitude followed by a shift in how you look at the food that's in your home. 
in terms of resourcefulness and intention. And I would love to carry that on as well. And and that you say about thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. I um, I talk the talk on this podcast a lot about like if you um I mean, I don't give a shit how people eat. I I think people should eat in whatever way brings them joy. Um, But that I'm aware that I don't, that I love eating so much that I should concentrate on it a bit more Mm. and um, take a bit more time to plan it and to enjoy it and to talk about it and to sit with other people while you eat and talk about what you're eating, not just when you're doing your podcast, but actually in your life. And, you know, stop rushing around a bit more. And I've, I'm going to desperately try and take that away from this lockdown time a bit as well, because it's um, as much as my kid has made a lot of our meals together, I won't lie, a fucking battle. Um, <laughs> it's uh, It's been joyful also. The intention, at least, has been joyful. Yeah. And I think also, actually, weirdly, um, pre-lockdown, I, I couldn't say that I really wanted to see Uh, you know, Instagram stories of other people cooking. But at the moment, I find it really soothing. And, um, and I've, I've found watching people making food, quite a soothing um, activity, uh, for sure. Yeah, I know. And I think I mean, I don't know if you practice it at all. But I definitely um, have kind of fallen back on it in a good way is, is definitely stretching my intuitive eating legs. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's it's, what I practice. Absolutely, and I think that um, I it does sometimes. The intuitive eating stuff does sometimes for me get put on hold when I have to eat for performance based reasons. Yeah. So, like if you yeah. know, like I mentioned with the protein, I'm but, so interested in that. Mm, you know, it yeah. sort of gives me hope that there are. If you get to the, uh, you know, if you've come so far on a journey of getting so down with intuitive eating that you that it's possible to then break from it to eat in a way for performance reasons yeah I think for me as well I think as I do acting stuff I would like to be able to have the potential to be able to um without fucking my mental health change my body for an acting part if it really justified it not just so that I could ever get work in America but like you know if I was to do I don't know a player character that needed to be have a different body to the one I've got. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing I would say, though, is that uh, even with the the sort of, you know, the eating in a particular way, let's say if I know I need to build muscle, it's never yeah. really, I mean, it's not like I'm sort of cutting loads of weight. And I think that's yeah. where it becomes, you know, a problem um, for some people. And I, and I think that if I knew that I had to eat in a super restrictive way to cut really aggressively, um, I, I just wouldn't be able to do it because I think mentally that would just feel really awful. Really, I shit. don't think I could. I th- I honestly no. don't think I could. And I think, I don't know why, I just assume it's implicit, but I meant put loads of weight yeah. on for a part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I meant, you know, mate, to be able to be at peace mentally with doing that and then mm. with just eating intuitively again afterwards till your body goes back to what your body's going to go back to yeah i i think i, I mean, don't i mm. genuinely don't think i um would have the um i don't think i'm capable anymore without like no. i'd be such a i i when i restrict energy wise if i am hungry and don't eat now i am so aware of it and i am mm. so sad yeah i don't think i'd be able to do the acting it'd have to be a character who's crying all the fucking time <laughs> Um, 
very thin, very sad. Um, <laughs> um, how, I suppose actually, I won't. Mm. I, 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 how are you about? How are you pre and during lockdown? If I were to say five second rule, what are your feelings? I think I'm doing pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah. You pick something up after five seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah. I that fish that I dropped a few days oh, ago. Yeah. I I picked that up because I yeah. I had to because a lot of time went into it and also I was hungry and there was yeah. no there were no eyewitnesses so I just thought it'd be fine, um, yeah and also you know yeah that I think it was mainly that no one could see what I was doing. Fair enough. Mm. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Do you think? Oh, uh, weirdest thing I've ever eaten. Maybe some reindeer jerky, um, possibly. Ooh. Yeah, I. or was it moose? No, it wasn't moose. That would have felt really bad, guilty. No, God, sorry. This? Yes, it was moose, I'm afraid. Moose. Yep. It was a moose yeah. meatball in Sweden. It's <laughs> 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 very moosey. <laughs> Doesn't sound great, does it? Either moose meatball. They were it's huge. Moose meatball. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh dear, that's not made it any better. Just, oh dear, what? How big? Like a cat's head? Like a bollock. Like it oh. was just. <laughs> it was just. But oh. having said that, yeah, it was. Um, it was very intense tasting, but yeah. I, I have to say, I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. Oh really? Mm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I the closest thing to that I've ever eaten. I had a I had some elk jerky in Ooh. Iceland. Um, mm. fucking disgusting. Oh dear. Yeah, really tasted like um, tasted like it was sort of just it tasted like you were meant to as a human chew that and go. <laughs> it turns out that's it, you're meant to feed that to other carnivorous animals that's not for me it smelt like food for animals oh dear no that's never that's no sorry my meatballs yeah. in a different league i'm afraid okay fine yes yeah yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my a hapless twit has had curry, but with pasta, and it rips a hole in space and time. It's a disaster. The dinosaurs start turning up in the future. Cars go back to having those windows you can only open with a handle, etc., etc. It's awful. The twit finds out how to go back and repair the hole in space and time, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, Porna, do a 10-hour marathon game of Fieljepin. It's a Dutch sport where you sprint at a long pole, climb up it as quickly as you can as it tips you over a river, quickly jump off and land on the land on the other side. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're the hero of all people forever and ever and ever and ever. Your award, of course, is a place in history as the woman who saved uh, humanity uh, and all, actually, to save the universe from a hole in space and time. Um, and so that's what you go down the history for. And it's very amazing and very brilliant. You're high as a kite. You couldn't be happier. You're very hungry. You've just done a lot of, I'll try and say it again, feel it, Jipping. Um, and, um, but your award in the moment is a feast of your dreams. 
If you're in the ideal state of joyfulness and hunger, I would love to know if nothing was ethical. I don't give a shit about consequences, health, blah, blah, blah. Or it doesn't even have to be possible, any of these food or drink or answers. What would be your amazing dream, happy things or thing to eat, drink? And if there's a who, with and where, who, with and where? Okay, this is an easy one. Um, the thing to drink would be a glass of red wine. Uh, it's a bottle that my sister really loves called Ribeiro del Duero. I think I've probably pronounced that wrong, but it's a Spanish wine because she lives in Barcelona. Um, the meal would be my mum's biryani. Um, oh. She she does a lamb biryani. It is something that she does for special occasions. I could eat that meal every single day for breakfast, lunch, and oh. dinner. Mm. Yes, please. And the people that I would have it with is probably, yeah, I would say my mum, my dad, my sister, my brother-in-law, my niece. It would be summer. Their patio door would be open and it would be really sunny and we'd just be called in to have lunch and have all of this wine and all of this food at the dining table and then just fall asleep on the sofa for a nap. Oh, what an amazing answer. Oh, God, that answer's made me hungrier than any answer has for a long time. Oh, yeah. yes, please. Oh, mm. God, I think I'm definitely going to gonna have to make myself something tonight. With I'm going to have red wine. I think I'm going to have to have a red wine and maybe just, I've got a aubergine that's on the turn. I'm going to stick some curry powder on that. <laughs> and it's sacrilege, sacrilege after how beautiful the things you've just described probably taste, but it's, it's as close as I can get in the current conditions. Yeah, just have um, some curry powder from a bag. You'll be fine. Yeah. Just tip it straight in. It'll be the next online challenge fad. Um, thank you so much for talking to me and being such a brilliant guest. Thank you for having me, Jess. Oh, what a brilliant guest. Um, if you don't already, I implore you to get on Instagram and follow at SeeMyStrong, S E E. M Y strong or one word, obviously. Um, I mean, you, now, now you've made a note of it. You'll see why I was accidentally calling it. See me strong. Oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, I really know how to charm a guest. Just follow see my strong on Instagram, because that's also where you'll find out about the other amazing things that Porna is doing, including writing this book stronger, um, which is all about her experience of getting really strong and a women's experience of strength, physical strength and lifting and growing in strength generally it's a brilliant and beautiful thing and I can't wait for the book even though it's not out until early next year I'm sure we'll be able to pre-order a copy soon um, if you're up for it uh, follow the uh, podcast on Instagram at the hoovering pod because we're doing Instagram lives at nine o'clock every Monday night they stay in the stories for 24 hours after they're done with uh, some of my most amazing former guests uh, that I've ever had on I've got I've had people on like Desiree Birch and Rosie Jones and plenty more I've got people coming up like Michael Chakravarti from Bake Off. Um, loads of great people. Uh, if you've got any spare money, bung it to the Trussell Trust uh, who run amazing food banks. And if you've got even more spare money, I'm on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you can swap your money for podcast related perks like exclusive content and stuff. Follow me on Twitter, etc. if you like. Instagram at Jessica Fosterku. Uh, if you want to send me something longer than a tweet, like an email, you can do that through my website, jessicafosterku.com. Huge Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.